You know what beats a bold-faced lie? The bold-faced truth. This is what episode five of Real Reading Talk is all about. So make sure you grab your notebooks and pens because I'm going all in. See you on the other side. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. And first, I definitely want to say thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for my old heads, for rocking with me uh, since I started day one back in 2017, okay? And I thank you all for my newbies as well. I appreciate you all for sharing the podcast. So those of you who are sharing it, you're telling people to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom, because that's where I upload these podcasts. Thank you. Also, you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well, y'all. So I just want to say thank you for that. Now I am ready to get into the topic. And first, what I'm doing is I'm going to talk about two things. And uh, the first one is going to be centered around um, this regular old white supremacist that we didn't heard about in the media that it ain't nothing new under the sun, DeSantis, all right? So he's that governor of Florida and he's the one who basically said, okay, look, you know what? These are the particular books that you all cannot uh, teach from, telling the teachers that, you know, these are uh, the books that talk about critical race theory and, you know, or books that, you know, uh, discuss things that is talking about LGBTQ stuff or whatever the case may be. But as you know, on Real Reading Talk, this is a show where I don't sugarcoat, no chaser. All right. That's the whole point of it being called Real Reading Talk. Okay. Because I'm going to give it to you straight, give it to you real. Number one, first and foremost, I'm focusing on Black people. Okay. That's my focus. All right. And it ain't about what other people doing in, in, in terms of your, your sexual orientation, whatever the case may be. I'm talking about black people, period, full stop. And one of the things that I wanted to uh, share with you all, because I said, let me go and read some of these statutes and some of these uh, rules once again, that white folks have came up with to try to push back against, you know, what they're talking about, pushing back against the wokeness, right? Um, the awakening of Black people, the awakening of our consciousness. I said, let me go and see what are the, the rules that they got mapped out, all right? So one of the things that I, uh, I, I screenshotted, and I would highly recommend that you all go and Google the Florida Department of Education, because that's what I did, and their statutes, it says Florida Statutes and State Board of Education Rule, all right? So they got mapped out in terms of 
the rules in which you have to abide by as an educator in order to educate and really indoctrinate our children. All right. So peep this, right? So one of the things it says, it's, and this is under the category principles of individual freedom. Okay. So it says, do instructional materials align to the S.1003? You know, I'm about to say, all I'm being silly, but it does say that though. You know, they got everything numbered and labeled and all of that. You know, they, you know, have to make themselves seem like they're, you know, they're, they're coming from this importance, right? This, this academic mindset, right? So it, it says, one of the things it says is no person so the material has to be consistent and follow these rules. So peep this. These are the rules that you must follow, these principles that you must follow if you are educating these children. Of course, you're talking about, yeah, these are, they're talking about public education, all right, where you have a lot of our Black children and even those who are Hispanic origin, which really they got Black as well, a part of their uh, ethnicity as well. So these are the things in which they have to be indoctrinated and inundated with, right? So the teacher, no person is inherently racist. So you got to have this, this mindset, right? So no person is inherently racist. So you can't teach that or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, solely, uh, solely by virtue of his or her race or sex. No race is inherently superior to another race. Hmm. Okay. No person should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly on the basis of race, color, national origin, religion, disability, or sex. It says, um, th this is, this is the one that really, that really tripped my head out. It says this one, a person by virtue of his or her race or sex does not bear responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. <laughs> then it says a person should not be instructed that he or she must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress for actions in which he or she played no part committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Wow. I mean, y'all hear this ish, right? Because that's what it is. It's a bunch of bull ish. And I, you know, got, got my young people. So because I really want to say the word for real. Because that, you know, I really feel like saying the word will really put some oomph on it. But I'm not going to do that. <laughs> got our young people listening. All right. And folks who, you know, they're like, okay, we ain't, we ain't got to say the word. And, and I feel you. But that's a bunch of bull-ish for real. Now, of course, when you're reading, just like I read the last two, what is that referencing? Well, that's a call out to white folks, right? To those white educators and the in the in the white children in the classroom. Okay. Don't no, no educational material should make anyone feel shame or guilty about things that members in their race committed in the past. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. And I'm just sitting up here and I'm reading this stuff and you can't help, I know for me personally, I'm just like looking at it, I'm like, wow, man, 
they absolutely amaze me how they can literally continue with their bold-faced lies. I mean, because, and they and, and it's bold because that's literally how the system of white supremacy has continued to go on and permeate every aspect of our lives, not just in America, throughout the globe. They have been bold and confident with their lies. So now they want to sit up here, create a whole system, because in order for whiteness to exist, you had to oppress blackness, correct? In order for whiteness to exist, you guys got to understand that and, and really, for real, for real, really get this. In order for whiteness to exist, because you know that was a made up social construct, right? I know y'all may, may have heard that. A lot of people are saying that more and more, but I mean, it's true. It was a made up social construct. Whiteness is not just about the phenotype. Whiteness is an ideology. Whiteness for them signifies manifest destiny and freedom. So this is how America was built upon. It was built exactly on that. Literally bold-faced lies. Literally the mindset of, yes, you are black. Yes, your skin is dark, darker than mine. Your hair is kinkier than mine. Your nose is broader. Your lips are thicker. You're ugly. You're stupid. You have to be, you're feeble-minded. You have to have someone guide you and teaching you on how to behave in order for me to continue to dominate. This is the mindset of white supremacy. And I like to, and I know sometimes I may say white supremacy or a false notion of white supremacy, uh, you know, interchangeably. I like saying the false notion of white supremacy. Sometimes I may not feel like saying the false notion of white supremacy. But when I say it, understand that, number one, I got that from Professor Smalls, uh, James Small, who actually, uh, that was the first time I heard that. And it's to remind us that ain't nothing supreme about being a devil. Did you hear me? Ain't nothing supreme about being a devil, period. Because that's a devilish mindset to say that the way that you're made, the way that God, Allah, designed you, makes you above someone else. Really? You use the bathroom like I do? You bleed like I do? You get sick like I do? You got to go to sleep like I do? You gonna die and don't know when the hell you gonna die, just like I don't. But you got the audacity to say you over me? That you above me? That in fact, you're, I'm supposed to literally worship you. This is the concept of that white supremacist mindset that has been created. But here, the, here it is, this fool, DeSantis, and mind you, let's keep in mind, he's not in a vacuum. He's not in a bubble. He's saying things that these white folks, whether they Republican or whether they Democrat, they all believe, period. They all believe. He's just open with his bullish. He's just open with it. And I'm like, good. Just like our dear brother Malcolm X, Rahim Allah, may God be pleased with him said, I'll, I'll appreciate you more for being open with your stuff as opposed to you trying to hide and act like you with me, but for real, for real, you ain't. But here it is. He got some rules set up, basically telling these educators, well, yes, you know, you're not, uh, you know, nobody's an inherently racist. 
And oh yes, by the way, you know, you being this white person, you should not feel gain, excuse me, feel shame or guilt uh, because of the fact of what our ancestors, meaning white folks, their ancestors have done. But the thing is, is that the things that their white ancestors have done, these are rules that have been set in place, built into a system so that it can, can last forever and ever in their minds, because they don't, obviously they didn't get the memo. Every society, especially you talking about these societies that are built upon subjugation and dehumanization and corruptness, it's going to fail. It's going to crumble, trust and believe. It's going to crumble. Remember, that's what happened with Rome, right? The, the sun never sets on the Roman Empire. They was dominating everything. Please, you go to the Roman and, and, and Greek society now. And it just looks like just crap. So you think that same thing ain't going to happen here? And this is a baby compared to the, the Roman Empire in terms of you know, how long this American empire has been alive. And so what I wanted to share with you all is one thing that we have to understand is this. In order to uh, defeat, in order to push back against these bold-faced lies, my people, my brothers, my sisters, my community, I implore you to stand up. I implore you to ask God to build in you that confidence that you need so that you can be bold about the truth and bold about speaking the truth because that is the opposite of a lie. That's simple, y'all. It ain't rocket science, y'all. You don't have to be some learned scholar to push back against this garbage. Like I started off in the beginning saying, the reason, one of the main reasons why this false notion of white supremacy has continued to exist is because they've been bold and confident with their lies, literally. This is why they were hell bent on beating and traumatizing the hell out of us. Because in their minds, they were ingraining in us, hey, look, I'm telling you who you're going to worship. I'm telling you that you got to do this and do that for me. You have to make sure that you're doing this. And I'm telling you, and if you don't believe, I'm going to beat you. In fact, I'm going to make sure I beat you as much as I can for, for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, all of that. I'm going to rape your mothers and your daughters. I'm going to rape the fathers and the sons. I'm going to snatch the babies out of the mother's arms. I'm going to tell you that, no, you can't read. No, you can't learn. Even though I, I, even though I can't read my damn self, even though a lot of our enslaved ancestors would keep the records, the slave records for those enslavers who may not, who didn't know math. So they would keep the books because you had a lot of our enslaved ancestors, uh, especially those who were um, taken from West Africa. And I just learned this. I got this information. Shout out to uh, our dear brother, Dr. Bilal Ware, who is a phenomenal uh, expert when it comes to talking about um, West, the, West African uh, Muslims in particular and our West African brothers and sisters who were taken 
to be enslaved. And remember, a lot of those African ancestors, they were already literate. Literate meaning, were they literate in English? No, of course not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, no English, you know what I'm saying, in the way we speak it anyway. But they were literate in their African languages and they were literate in Arabic. So a lot of our ancestors, they were literate, they could read, and they did, they already remember, they already knew math and, and the sciences and all that. And this is what we have to make sure that we are telling our children about. That's why we can't start our history with slavery, y'all. They have to know where our history actually comes from. They have to understand and know that we are the ones, our African brothers and sisters, the African Moors or the African Muslims, you're gonna, you'll hear more which means just basically black Muslims, they were the ones who were teaching the Europeans how to bathe. Remember, they were dealing with the bubonic plague, black death, and all of that stuff that was happening because Europe was in the dark ages. Please go look this information up. And it was the African Moors who taught them bathing. They would have bathhouses, okay? So this is the stuff that our people have to know. And if our children, we, if we're not trying to learn about it, then guess what? Our children are going to learn about it. And then we're going to send them to the schools. And especially for my people out, out in there in Florida, you know what I'm saying? Where they got to be inundated with that crap. I just uh, read to y'all the little education statutes that they have. And they have to go in the classroom and then they're going to be once again indoctrinated thinking that, oh, okay, you know, they're going to be in a classroom with these scared teachers who now can't talk or can't teach about real true history. They have to continuously be uh, listening to these bold-faced lies. And that's why I said it's important for you, for me, to make sure we speak the bold-faced truths, period. We have to be about intentionality when it comes to learning about our history and our people. And this is why, unfortunately, one of the reasons why you have these issues when it comes to literacy in the Black community. Our kids are going to school and they're not learning about themselves in a way where they're like, I'm included when it comes to uh, anything that's that's positive or anything that's innovative or inventive or anything of that nature. They're going to keep pushing their narrative in 2023. They still going to keep pushing the narrative. They ain't going to really talk about Louis Latimer. They're going to always talk about Thomas Edison over Louis Latimer. And if it wasn't for Louis Latimer, we wouldn't be able to have the light bulbs that we got uh, in our homes, period. This is why we have to make sure that we are getting these books, that we are watching as many educational videos as we possibly can, that is talking about real, true history. And it's not just in America. We're talking about across the globe. Our children should know about Gaspar Yanga. All right. That Black Mexican who was fighting against the Spanish. They should know his name. They should know about Jean-Jacques Dessalines, the one who was uh, leading the way when it came to the Haitian Revolution. These are people's names that they should know about. Nani, the Moor. 
they should know about these different uh, people, excuse me, Nani the Maroon, I apologize, not Nani the Moor, excuse me, Nani the Maroon. They should know about the Maroons, Maroonage, the Maroons, that group of our African ancestors who escaped slavery and they built their own communities in the swamps. They should know about that. They should know about our people who fall back. You should always be teaching them about resistance. And that's what I'm talking about here. It's resistance, y'all. We can't, we cannot play no more. We cannot play no more. We have to constantly be in education mode. These people literally have continuously tried to write us out of history. And they do it in a bold-faced way. And that's why I continuously say we have to speak bold-faced truths. And we have to do it ongoing. And we have to be unapologetic about it. We have to teach our children that confidence, whether your child is being homeschooled or whether your child is in these public school indoctrination systems. Because that's what it is. It's an indoctrination it's making you believe that, oh, yes, these are the standards. So if you don't follow these standards, then you're going to fail. Yeah, we have a new test coming out now. Yeah, it's called the I'm white and I say so test. And you better pass it because if you don't, now we're going to hold you from being promoted to the next grade. In fact, we're going to hold you from even being, being able to graduate from high school. And so then what are you going to do now? This is what they're telling. This is what is continuously being promoted. And y'all know it. Y'all know it as a fact. Y'all out there right now uh, uh, scrambling like, oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? You know, my, my baby got their MAP score back, you know, on the reading test. And it's showing they got, you know, they didn't pass this. They didn't meet the benchmark and all of this type of stuff. And the thing is, is that they got you sweating. They got us all sweating or whatever the case may be. But like I tell my students that I tutor and like I tell their parents, hey, listen, one of the things that you have to understand is that when it comes to reading and when it comes to learning, period, first, you got to have it in your heart and in your mind. You got to have that confidence that you can do it. And you and I have been subjected to putting our children in these spirit murderers, as our dear sister, Dr. Bettina Love, talked about. We've been putting them in these spirit murder, uh, murder institutions where they kill your spirit. They do that ish on purpose, y'all. It's not done by accident. It's by design. They want our children to be in the buildings, looking all days, staring at them. While they continuously speak the bold-faced lies, they'll put a little bit of stuff in there. You know, well, you know, Black History Month, y'all wait, because y'all know you, you know, we, we about to get blackified. But trust and believe, it ain't going to be the Black folks that I just mentioned on, on this particular episode and others. You ain't going to hear about them Black folks. Okay? Our dear brother, Nat Turner. You and Our kids ain't going to hear about them. Marcus Garvey. And even with Malcolm X, you'll hear about them talking about him a, li a little bit more, a little bit, but they, but they gonna make sure, you know what I'm saying? That they put in there. Yeah. You know, he, he came from a, a very harsh and, 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 and bitter, you know, um, 
uh, ideology. And he thought that, you know, white people were the devils, but he, but he did change later on. But, you know, he, he used to think that white people were the devils and black folks for real, you know, who, who understand, they send up here like, I mean, if you act like a devil, you walk like a devil, you talk like a devil. What did you think? I'm gonna call you a duck. Duh. No, I'm gonna say you a devil. I'm not going to sit up there and learn about how white folks literally did things like, mm, for example, cutting the, uh, our, our enslaved ancestor who was hung and they cut her stomach open. She was pregnant, cut her stomach open and pulled the baby and the baby fell out. They pulled the baby out, which, whichever the case, and then stomped the baby. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not supposed to think that's devilish at all. I'm not supposed to think it's devilish that you literally stole people from a continent, put them in chains before, put them in slave castles. Remember, they were housed in there first because they had to, for those who had to wait for the, for the next ship to come that they already emptied, whether it was in Brazil or, you know, here in North America or, you know, somewhere in uh, Europe. So they literally had to haul our ancestors chained up with these big old iron shackles around their necks. They chained together. Some of them died along even walking to, uh, go, you know, going to those shores. Some of them died from exhaustion because it, it wasn't like they were walking from here to the end of the corner. Th this is devilish-ish that was happening to our people. But I know, according to, you know, these rules that DeSantis and his crew, it ain't just him, it's, it's, it's his crew that came up with saying, you know, we can't talk about that stuff because, see, that makes white people feel uncomfortable. That makes them feel nervous. That makes uh, little, little Becky and little Cindy, they in the classroom and they're like, God, mommy, I, I just, I just heard today some, something awful. What, what, sweetie? What, what? Oh my God. I just, I just learned that, you know, black people, um, they were, they were put in these ships and they were packed together like sardines and, you know, and, and they were like defecating on themselves and vomiting and using the bath. Oh my God. I was just, oh my God. I'm going to that school right now while teaching my daughter. And you as that black teacher have to stand up and say, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Because we got receipts. We got slave narratives. We got all types of scholarly work done by black folks who have been doing this work, this arduous, hurtful, heart-wrenching work that, oh my gosh, y'all, I mean, just in reading the narratives, in reading just the little things that I've read, I'm sitting up here like, and y'all like was researching this stuff. And, but here it is, we're not supposed to teach about that though, right? Oh, I'm sorry. We're supposed to hear that George Washington, he was the stand-up man. Him and the soldiers stood up against the King of England. 
No taxation without representation. Oh. And we fought the Revolutionary War and we won. Yay. <laughs> and then little Raheem and Jaquan, LeBron and Tyree and Sandra and Brianna and Tamir. We supposed they're supposed to be in a class, just like, yeah. Okay. But what about us? What what was where where was we at? Oh, oh, you got yeah, we, we had slavery, but you know, eventually, yeah, we uh, outlawed it. Everybody what 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 do you mean? Because that was considered the law of the land, right? Wasn't that, wasn't slavery, that was the law, correct? Oh, okay, but we're supposed to be in the classroom, listen to again, the bold-faced lie, the bold-faced lie, and then our children ain't supposed to say nothing about it. Not a damn thing, huh? No, 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 y'all, not today. Not today. And that's what I wanted to tell you all for the first part of this podcast. Which, of course, is leading me to the second part. And I'm not going to make this second part too long because, quite frankly, my heart, I don't even know how long I would be able to talk about this part without literally becoming very emotional and extremely angry and our dear brother Tyree our dear brother Tyree Nichols those of you already have heard you already saw the some of you have already watched the video me personally Inshallah, God willing, I can't do it. I can't do it. And let me be clear. I understand that it had to be watched. It had to be known. It had, obviously, that it, you know, was recorded. And it, this, this footage had to be seen, correct? And it had to be shown for the public. So let's be clear on this. One of the things that we have to understand is that when we see black people doing sick demonic-ish like them five black men, because they weren't conscious, obviously. They weren't deep-rooted in I love and want for my brother what I want for myself. They subscribed to the false notion of white supremacy, period, point, mother effing blank. Okay? That's what they subscribed to. I don't care if they was jet black, light-skinned, curly hair, kinky hair, it don't matter. What makes you black is your consciousness and your experience. 
That is what makes you black. Period. And as it was shown, they had no conscience. They had no empathy. They absolutely show no humanity towards their brother. That right there was a prime example of black on black oppression in service to white domination. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, I got that and learned that from our dear brother who is an ancestor, Dr. Amos Wilson. He reminded us just like our other scholars as well. When you see sick, demonic-ish like that, trust and believe. That is a white supremacist mindset. Nothing else. And what we got to understand as Black people, number one, in order for us to defeat this system, literally, we have to ask Allah, one God, to fortify and purify our hearts and infuse in us courage. Because I don't care how much information you got. If you don't have the courage in the heart to push back against a demonic system as this false notion of white supremacy, all it is, it just becomes pontification and you sitting on knowledge. It's not being activated. But in order for the activation to happen, you have to have your heart fortified with courage, strength, caring, love, compassion, confidence. This is why I quote heavily Dr. Marcus Garvey's quote when he said, with confidence you have won before you have started. Remember that. With confidence you have won before you have started. I don't care how much skill you got, knowledge you got. If you ain't got the confidence to exude it and to display it when it is necessary, you're still a coward. This is why I say things like, I don't say things like we need more black teachers. I get it, my brothers and sisters, I understand. Yeah, but we got to start saying we need more black conscious teachers. We need more black conscious teachers, meaning what? They have courage. They have mastery over whatever subject that they're teaching. And they understand what the long game looks like. They know it's not going to happen overnight in terms of this system being overturned. Because guess what? It's going to be overturned. It's crumbling right now. Remember, it always gets worse before it gets better. Trust and believe. What, we, what, what folks saw on that video and what was described to me when I was listening to uh, the dear sister, Dr. Maat, uh, on her channel, and what was, was described, I'm sitting up here like, mm -mm. 
No, I don't need to see it. I'm like, really? And and how they described how he was getting beat and how he got, I'm like, really? I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all right. We already know them, 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 them black men, they gonna, they gonna get, they gonna get it. Because one of the things, see, when that's the thing we gotta get back to in the black community, we have to understand something. See, we all have always operated in that, in that cold mindset. What do I mean by that? There are certain things that you just don't do. There are certain things that you just don't cross the line in. And when you do, our black folks, we, we have a mentality of, oh, you going to get it. You going to get it. Trust and believe. So we already know. We already know what it is, right? And just like I like how Dr. Greg Carr talked about in, in, in class with Carr that I was listening to um, this morning um, on Professor Karen Hunter's uh, show. And what, what them Black men don't understand is like, see, you not only cause harm to yourself, you cause harm to the people who that's connected to you, your family, people who are extensions of you. And it's sad that it has that it's like that, but it's 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 the truth. Cause you can't do stuff like that, commit those atrocities, and think that folks ain't gonna have something for you and not just for you. And I'm not trust and believe. I'm not sitting up there promoting in no kind of way that somebody should do something, you know what I'm saying, to the people closely connected to them. But what happens though, when you make a demonic decision like that, you bring that negativity into the community unnecessarily to where you have people who don't know how to decipher things in a, in a, in a just way or don't know how to process things in a good way. And so what happens is you have people, they, they so mad and angry and they're operating off of, again, emotion and not thinking, not the critical thinking, not the prefrontal cortex, not processing things in a correct way. Then they start wanting to go do stuff to your family and that type of stuff. And I'm not saying that stuff is right. I'm just saying you invite a negative energy to you when you put out that demonic spirit that they did. And that demonic spirit, let's be clear, the umbrella that it came from was white supremacy. What people saw, that beating that they saw, all you have to do is remember, go back to what had happened to our ancestors on their way to the slave forts, on their way to the ships, on the ships, and then on the way to the death camps that we call plantations. That's exactly what happened. They literally enacted what white folks have done to black folks. Because when you, your consciousness is not rooted in justice and in empathy and in caring and love what our African ancestors were used to, and you have gotten uh, the, the Stockholm syndrome when you start taking on the characteristics of your oppressor, then what happens is you start doing what your oppressor has done to you. But in order for that to happen, you have to have what? Self-hatred. Something happened to them. 
I'm not giving them excuses in, in, in that way, in terms of excusing what they did. But when you see, and like for me, like I said, when I heard how they did that to that young brother, that, that everybody, anybody who talked about him and knew him, oh my God, free spirit, loving, kind, gentle, just positivity. But when they encountered him, it was like, I hate you because I hate me. That's what was described to me. I'm going to kill you and murder you because guess what? I don't believe I have humanity. I hate myself. When I see you, I see me. I hate myself. Therefore, I'm going to kill what I see, which is a self that I hate. That's what was exuded when they did that to that brother. Right there. And that's what I'm saying. Even on the level, and, and as we know as Black people, we know we, dealing, we, we deal with the self-hatred, right? We talk about that, talk about how we've gotten in, in, into wanting our hair to be straightened. And, you know, you got folks, you got Afri our African brothers and sisters right now dealing with the skin lightening and, 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 and trying to talk, you know, with inflections like white people and all of that type of stuff. We already know. But some Black people, some Black people, for real, for real, they literally, literally have a self-hatred that is just, can't nobody describe it. And that's what them, them black men, that's what they displayed. And that's why I'm wondering, I would like, what in the world, how was you raised? How were you raised? What were you taught? To make you literally get so enraged and so, and, 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 and just infused with anger that you saw this poor brother. And then you just said, I'm just going to well off on you until I see that you can't move no damn more. Damn. It's like, what happened to y'all? And that's where my mind is going. But you know what? Of course, with my episodes, I'm always going to end with solutions. I'm always going to end with hope because guess what? Even with that sick demonic ish, it wasn't new. And unfortunately, you'll, we will see more things like this happening until we do these things. And this is what I'm going to end with. Number one, we must be intentional about teaching ourselves and our children about who we are and loving who we are. I've said it before. I've even done an episode on it. But I'm saying this like this because of the fact this is something that's needed now more than ever before. We have to be intentional about learning about who we are and loving who we are. And every chance that you get, you make sure that you get books, you watch documentaries, you watch educational videos that talks about Black people and resistance to this false notion of white supremacy. Period. 
They should know about resistance. They should know that our people fought back tooth and nail when it came to this sick demonic system. They did everything they could. These are the things in which we have to do. So you make sure you flood your libraries, your home libraries with books that talks about our struggle, like this book here, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome, Stolen Legacy, um, Dr. Amos Wilson, uh, Zora Neale Hurston, anybody, any Black person that you can think of that has talked about our history with that boldness, telling the truth, not being scared, unafraid, you make sure you get them books in your hands immediately. Those are the three things that I'm going to leave you with. Period. Loving who you are, learning about who you are. Making sure that you inundate yourselves with as much information as possible via books, educational videos, documentaries, when it comes to learning about Black folks. Period, point blank. Get in the habit of studying. Get in the habit of reading about our history. And making sure that, again, like I talked about, fortifying the heart. Asking God to fortify your heart, giving you that courage, that strength that you need to speak up, to speak boldly, to speak proudly when it comes to ourselves, our history. When it's time for, for, for your children to do them Black History Projects for Black History Month, you make sure you look up, have a get a whole list of Black folks who resisted against white supremacy and tell your child, okay, choose one. Look up all the rebellions that you can think of and have them do a report on the rebellions. The Stono Rebellion, Nat Turner, Gabriel Prosser, Denmark Vesey, Jacques Jean-Jacques Dessalines. They should learn about Ida B. Wells Barnett and how she wasn't playing with them white supremacists down there in that South. And she said, I'll be damned. I'm not going to sit up there and keep letting y'all lynch. And I, I'm going to tell everybody and I'm fighting y'all. Not on my watch. That's the kind of energy you need. You need that energy. You tap into that energy so that we don't have exude that energy uh, against each other. The energy has been misplaced for hundreds of years. We put that energy on people that look like us because we bought into the white supremacist ideology that we are worth nothing. You need to change that now. You need to tell yourself, I love myself. I love my people. I love my hair. I love my skin. I love my nose. I love my lips. I love my children. When we start doing that and we do that consistently, then we begin to unravel as much as we can 
that sick indoctrination, that demonic spirit of white supremacy that has been inculcated in our minds. And that's what you saw with them black men. It was that white demonic spirit that was inculcated in their minds. And that's what they were doing. They hated themselves. So they said, I see this black man who looks like me. I hate him because he represents me. So now I'm going to kill him. And that's what they was on. That's what they was on. And you better believe it. You better believe it. And I'm going to tell my parents this because that's this is something that hit my spirit as well. This is something that, you know, it, 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 it hurts. It hurts me. And this is something that we have um, that we got to get rid of, which is the beating of our children as discipline, the whoopings, the beatings, the I'm a I'm a I'm a break you down. You ain't going to get out on me who you think you is. Stop that ish, okay? It's garbage. Stop it. Don't treat your child like they're your enemy. Don't discipline your child like they some some uh, white supremacist trying to murder you. Change that energy. Change that spirit. And that's why it's important for us to learn about this history and understanding what white supremacy has done to our people. White supremacy is about the long game. White supremacy is the devil. That's why you had the nation uh, brothers and sisters saying that, yes, the white man was the devil. That's why, for real. And again, we know there's some, there's some white folks out there. There's some. Who on that John Brown energy? Who on that energy of, yes, Black people, we stand with you. You deserve reparations. And yes, we believe you need to fight against those white people who want to destroy you. You got some white people who on that energy. Them the white people you get with. But anytime you got white folks who sit up there trying to come around you, trying to make it seem like, well, it's it's it's, it's going to be okay. And, you know, you just we just got to keep protesting and keep voting. Keep protesting and, you know, speaking out, you know, but you don't get angry because, you know, you know, we, we always, they prep us. They prep us. Boy, I tell you, they prep us. They like, cause they know they like, damn man. Cause they know in their damn hearts. They're like, Shh, if that was me, <laughs> hell, they already know. But us as black folks, see, we save our turn up for each other. No, you put that turn up energy where it, go, where it belongs on the people who inflicted that ish on you in the first damn place. You know, we, we suffer from this. You know, we want to, what, what you say? And again, just like I said, going back to beating the kids, whooping the kids, everything I'm going, whatever I got in my hand, I'm going to hit you with. I'm going to knock you upside the head. I'm going to do, we, we, you know how it is in the black community. We got jokes. You got comedians who have made full-fledged comic routines on how they got beat and how we've got beaten in the community. Oh, man, my, my mom waited till I got out the bathtub and told me, uh, oh, man, da, 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 the extension cord. And all, we got all, and it's like, damn, man, we know we make light of our trauma. Ooh, we. And, and, and I know, and, and, and again, that's a, that's a response that we do. It's a coping mechanism that we have had, but again, 
we can't keep passing on this generational curse and thinking that we're going to produce and things that are produced is going to be positive. No, I wouldn't be surprised at them five black men if they used to get beat down like that by their by they parents. I wouldn't be surprised. And again, I'm not saying that what they were doing and, you know, we got to, you know, be like, well, you know, they probably got beat and all of that. So therefore, you know, they can't get the, no, they got to get the justice that they deserve. But you think I'm not saying it with a, with a heart that hurts? Hell yeah, my heart hurts. I'm seeing these brothers. I'm sitting up here like, are you serious? Really? Like, like, like no damn empathy, like none. Like literally, like you just said, damn that. Because you you already know. You already know if that brother was white, we all we, we all of us didn't said it. We didn't said it. If he was white, they would have stopped. They wouldn't have beat him like that. You know what I'm saying? We were all of that. We would have said it all. And that's why we have to delve into the, to the psychology. And this is why it's important for us, again, to get back to what? Knowing who we are, loving who we are. That should be the seat of your education when it comes to your children. You got to start there. You got to start there. And I'm going to leave you all with this quote that I heard our dear brother, Doctor, uh, excuse me, uh, Malcolm Jamal, Jamal Warner. Of course, we knew him. We grew up, those of us who grew up watching uh, the Cosby show as Theo, but I'm not going to refer to our brother as Theo. Our brother, he is, psh, he doing a damn thing, y'all, for real. Um, but one of the things he said when he was a uh, guest on The Breakfast Club, and I'm going to leave you all with this. He gave a quote by this brother here. I got his book, The Coming, which is a novel by Professor Daniel Black. All right. And um, he had a conversation with him. Dr. Excuse me, Malcolm Jamal Warner had a conversation with this brother here, Professor Daniel Black. And he got a recorded on his album. It's called Hiding in Plain View, Hiding in Plain View. And the thing that he said, and it just touched my spirit so much. He said that Daniel Black told him this. We must love our, he actually said we must love our black sons, but I changed the word sons to children. He said, we must love our black children so divinely that our disappointment in them will discipline them enough. I'm gonna repeat it again because I feel like I ran the last part of the, the words together. We must love our black children so divinely that our disappointment in them will be discipline enough. Our disappointment in them, that is what will hurt them tremendously because they're like, I don't, I don't want to, I want to make my, my parents proud. Just like my student, DeLorean said in one of my sessions and he was doing his work. He was writing his, his words and he said, I want to make my family proud. And everybody was just like, when he said, I was just like, I want to break down. Oh God, Lord, please. You know, but seriously, that's what we want. That's what we need. We got to get back into that. 
the people, the, de the demons that we're dealing with, they know how we are. They know how we roll as a people. We got that, that, that beautifulness to us, that charisma, that swag, all of that. Everybody want to be us, but they don't want to be us. Y'all know what I'm saying. So we got to get back into that. We got to get back into the love, the nurturing, the compassion, the mercy, all of this encompasses humanity. Let us get back into humanity, y'all. Thank you all for listening. This has been episode five of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And I thank you all for rocking with me. So please make sure that you share. Make sure that you like this video when I upload it on YouTube and all of that great stuff, all right? All right, till next time, please make sure that you incorporate at least 30 minutes a day of reading. Peace. Yes, y'all. Y'all know exactly what it is. Hopefully y'all really, really got an understanding of what real reading talk is all about. I tried my best to give it to you all as straight as I possibly could. And I know I definitely could have kept going on and on, but you got to stop at some point, right? Um, but again, I... Thank you all for listening to the episode. And I hope that uh, the nuggets, the jewels, the gems that I dropped um, will hopefully inspire you to continue as much as possible to find your lane, whatever it is that you're doing, making sure that you find your purpose, you stay there and you speak the truth, period, y'all. It's our time. Let's grow. So with that being said, I just want to let you all know again that I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor. The name of my reading tutoring business is ABC Learn Tutoring. So if your child is struggling with uh, their reading comprehension, fluency, uh, phonemic awareness, phonics, uh, especially for my young readers out there, uh, please make sure that you go to my website, abclearntutoring.com. Click on that free reading assessment today. I have open spots available. And yes, I tutor online. Also, I am the, the founder and executive director of ABC Read. ABC Read is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that I started in 2014. Our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities, y'all. That's right. And we make sure we give away those books uh, that represents uh, majority Black people, Black culture, Black experiences, Black history, all right? Our children, adults as well, we need to see ourselves being represented in these books. We need to have our homes flooded with books. So we need to have our own home libraries, all right? Taking us back to our ancestral roots, Okay, where books at one time in Africa was worth more than gold. This is what we are getting back to. And so if you all want to see the different things that we've been doing in the community here in Cleveland, having reading events, making sure that we give away that those healthy foods. Okay, uh, making sure that we give away those new or gently used books. 
please go to our website, abcread.org. That is abcread.org. I thank my donors, those of you who be listening to my podcast. I thank you all for donating. And I would appreciate it. We would appreciate it if you would be able to share these messages. And for those of you who haven't donated, we truly, truly welcome and appreciate and need your donations. And of course, I want you all to make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Reading is Freedom. The podcast will be uploaded on there. As also, we have other read-alouds, plethora of those. I'm looking forward to reading uh, the third uh, book in the series of books uh, written by Jay Dillard, J.D. and the Great Barber Battle. So I'm going to be reading the third series. It's dealing with, um, I, can't, I keep missing the title. It's the purple book. I know it has showcase, I think, in the title or whatever, but I'm going to be reading that book um, as well. So make sure you tune in for that. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, ABC Read as well. That's for uh, business in, in regards to the nonprofit as well. And then I'm going to end with this, uh, letting you all know the book uh, that I've been reading. And one of the books that I actually just finished reading was uh, The Giants in My Midst. And that uh, was written by Masood Abdul Haq. All right. And I had the pleasure of interviewing him on my last show. All right. And that was totally, totally dope. Hopefully y'all get past the fact that um, I didn't click the right button so that I could be seen on there as well. Um, the main thing, like I told him, I said, I'm just glad people was able to see you, brother. Uh, and they were able to see uh, an example of someone who understands what it means to uh, give props and, and recognize the people who helped to get you to the place where you are. All right. So um, with that being said, also the other book I wanted to share with you all that I'm going to be starting reading soon is The Coming. All right. The Coming by Brother Daniel Black. This is a novel and uh, I, I'm, I'm hearing great things about this book, talking about the, the transatlantic, the middle passage, rather, uh, slave demonic stuff that was going on or whatever on these, the holes of these ships. All right. So he put this into a novel form and, um, and last but not least, um, again, make sure you follow me on IG, ABC read, uh, reading is freedom. I also have started a online uh, clothing store, uh, clothing and apparel. Uh, it is called Reading is Freedom. Matter of fact, let me, I have my, yep, right behind me. Uh, I wanted to show you guys uh, real quick. So, so this is an example. Okay, we got the sweatshirt. This actually, uh, this is someone they purchased. So I got to get this to them. So we got the shirts. We also have hats as well. We get the hat as well. Okay. All right, so you guys see that as well. All right, so reading is freedom. Okay, so you make sure you go to my website, readingisfreedom.store. I'm gonna put those links in the description. So all you gotta do is click on there. We got some new designs. We added some new denim cats, caps. And so uh, make sure you check us out. And I'm gonna end with the quote like I always do. And this quote is, I said this quote actually during the podcast, and I'm gonna end with this. We must love our black children so divinely that our disappointment in them will be discipline enough. All right, y'all. Again, my name is Miss Sasha. Thank you all for listening. Please share. Please leave comments. Again, my name is Miss Sasha. Podcast is Real Reading Talk. This was season three, episode five.
make sure that you please keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Peace.